Welcome to our Easter Sunday service. <laughs> Today we celebrate Christ's resurrection and ascension into heaven. And uh, remember again, on Good Friday we left him in hell. I said we couldn't resurrect him yet, okay? It had to happen on Sunday. And um, he was down there praying, paying the price for our sin. After three days, however, the price for our spiritual redemption was over. Remember, two prices needed to be paid. Remember, we talked about the two goats in, I think it's Le Leviticus 16, somewhere in there anyway, uh, somewhere in the Old Testament. It talks about those two goats. It talks about one that was sacrificed and one that was left, sent out to the wilderness, and it showed the two prices needed to be paid. And so we, we left Jesus paying the second price. <clears throat> and, um, but once that was finished, Hebrews chapter 1. So let's go there, verses 6 through 12 records the words that were actually spoken to bring Jesus back from the dead. I love this. Hebrews chapter 1 and beginning in verse 6, it says, But when he again, I want you to notice the word again. Yeah. All right, it says, When he again brings the first, firstborn into the world, he says that all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But to the Son, he says, this is verse 8, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. This is God speaking to Jesus. And God is calling Jesus God. This is, in, this is incredible. And so he says to the Son. Notice the Son. He says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. Verse 9. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And verse 10, you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hand. Verse 11, they will perish, but you remain. They will all grow, oh, like a garment. Verse 12, like a cloak, you will fold them up, and they will be changed, but you are the same, and your years will not fail. Wow. That's what brought Jesus back from the dead. You know, I always envision. You know, the three days in hell and Satan's having a great time and getting his revenge and getting back for all the things that Jesus did on the earth. And suddenly this happens. And suddenly, you know, we, we, we understand from Revelation. And in fact, remember when he took uh, Peter, James and John up on the mountain? That's right. And suddenly he started to shine out. Can you just imagine that in hell? And that's what happened, <laughs> okay? This man suddenly became, he regained his divinity in there. And that's when all <laughs> hell broke loose, so to speak, <laughs> okay? And hell was defeated that day. Praise God. In Revelation 1.18, that's why he says, I, I am he who lives and was dead. So, you know, people just say, well, Jesus didn't really die. Well, he did. Okay, physical death. And he says, Behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell or Hades and death. Boy, I really like that. He says, Everything that hell had over you, I've got the keys of it now. Praise God. Okay. So I, I, I can't preach too much today because it's Easter and everybody wants to go home and eat their eggs. Okay. So <laughs> Matthew chapter 28. <laughs> so after this, it goes in to say, verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, as, uh, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. All right, they, they went there to anoint the Lord's body. Verse 2, and behold, there was a great earthquake. I want you to take note of that. It says there was a great earthquake. It was a little quake. 
was like, I think something shook. Do you think, do you feel that? I don't know. I did it, did it. No, it wasn't one of those things. It, when it says it was a great earthquake, it was a great earthquake. You all getting this? Okay. Why do I bring that to your attention? Because I want to show you something in just a minute. And it says here again, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven. This is incredible, isn't it? And came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. Now, when he rolled back the stone, there was nothing in there. I want you to also notice that the angel rolled back the stone. It was still there. Nobody came at night, rolled the stone, took somebody away and put the stone back. Because there were gods posted around that place. This is interesting, isn't it? He comes, he rolls the stone away. Why? Because Jesus is already gone. But nobody knows. I mean, if it stayed there, nobody would know he was gone. Okay. The, the reason that I brought your attention uh, you know, to the fact that there was an earthquake, I want you to go back one chapter to Matthew th- chapter 27. Hopefully my mouth will keep up. Okay. <laughs> Matthew 27 and verse 51. At his death, see, something supernatural was going on. This wasn't just a man that died. This was God paying a price. Amen? And that's why back a chapter before, in Matthew 27, 51, this is just after Jesus died. It says, Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn into from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split. See, it happened again. It happened before, and it happened again. Something was going on. And say, I like verse 52. And many graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Ooh, that would have been a day. The zombies, they're back. <laughs> All those movies. Okay. This is, this. anyway, don't freak out. All right. But I, I want you to notice something. I want you to notice that there was an earthquake when he died, and there was an earthquake when heaven came back down on earth. Something huge was going on. This earth has trouble handling God and His glory. Are you all with me? And every time something happens, it shakes. (laughs) Okay? Hallelujah. Okay, let's go back to Matthew 28. We left off there. Pick up at verse 3. It now begins to describe the angel of the Lord who descended from heaven. And it says there, His countenance appearance was like lightning. I think this is incredible. I don't know if this is a seraphim or what, you know, because they're like that. They're these flashes of red. They're like lightning. They hang over the throne of God. It, they are powerful things. You don't want to mess with them. Okay? <laughs> and he says, his countenance, these face look like lightning. I want you to imagine that for a minute. It wasn't just a little bit bright. You know, lightning has attitude. Can I get an amen? Okay. So we're still in Matthew 28, 3. And it says again, his countenance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. Verse 4, and the gods shook for fear of him. These are trained, you know, soldiers, okay? These are not little wimpy guys with a, with a you know, little pitchfork or something. These are trained gods and they're freaking out. So we have been to things we've never seen this before, okay? And it says they shook for fear and became like dead men. And it says in the literal text, motionless and powerless. Very interesting. Verse 5. See, this is what happens. You know, we argue and we carry on until God just turns up. And then, you know, (laughs) yeah, it all goes right out the window, doesn't it? Anyway, all these people that say they're going to go argue with God, (laughs) 
<laughs> Good luck with that. Okay, so, <laughs> verse 5. And it says, but the angel answered and said to the women, he just, you know, this angel sits there. He's looking at these guards and they're like freaking out. He goes, I'm not even going to address you. The women, notice the women are not freaking out. All right. So he answered and said to the women, now there are apparently three there, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, Mary Magdalene and Salome, and oh, four, and Joanna. Then he said to them, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Verse 6, I love this. He says, he is not here. He is risen as he said. He says, come, see the place where the Lord lay. As he said, where? Let's go to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. I'm going to look at verse 33. Jesus is talking to his disciples. They're in denial. Every time, you know, because he can do anything. I mean, he raises the dead. He multiplies bread. He walks on water. He changes it into wine. He speaks to it and shuts it down when it gets too noisy. You know, the storms. I mean, he's just one of these people. You can't do anything, man. I mean, nothing gets in the way. Hallelujah. And so he starts to tell them about the price he needs to pay. And they're like, no, we don't want to know about this. Isn't it funny how we just want to hear the things we want to hear? All right. And so that's why in Luke 18, 33, he says, he's prophesying, he's telling them, they will whip him and kill him. But on the third day, he will rise again. He's talking in the third person. But watch this. (laughs) Verse 34. But I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It goes to say, they didn't understand a thing he said. I like that. I like the way it put it. <laughs> its significance was hidden from them, and they failed to grasp or did not comprehend what he was talking about. So he already told them, notice, he said, they will kill him. And what did he say after that? But on the third day, he will rise again. So how come they all ran away? You know, they just, people don't hear stuff. Let's go back to uh, Matthew 28. I just want to give you that. Just to show you that they should not have been taken by surprise. Sad, yes. Surprise, no. Do you hear what I'm saying? You know, there's so many things that come our way. And I know, you know, uh, uh, you sort of hear things like people in leadership going, well, it's lonely at the top. I go, what are you doing by yourself there? (laughs) God should be there, right there with you, talking to you. Nothing significant has ever happened in this ministry without God already telling me what was going to happen. Good or bad. And so nothing comes as a surprise to me. Did you hear what I said? I always know before it happens. And people sometimes come and tell me like it's a big reveal. You know, I mean this might blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I know. And then no, no, no. This, you know, and then they start telling me and go, I know. And some days I'll finish the sentence. And they freak out, so I'll stop doing that now. But, <laughs> but the thing is, I want you to notice that God will always talk to you. If you're listening, He'll talk to you. If you're in denial, if you don't want to hear about it, then forget about it. Do you all hear what I'm saying? So He spoke to them. He already told them this is going to happen. But no, 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 that's never going to happen, Jesus. <laughs> and it did. And they're like, what happened? He told you, if somebody was listening. Anyway, back to this. Uh, Right, verse uh, 7. We're back in Matthew 28. 
<clears throat> so the angel is still speaking here, and he says to the women, he's still ignoring all the guys, okay? <laughs> he says, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see, see him. Behold, I have told you. He said, that's it. See, I told you. I'm going now. See you later. Bye. Yeah. That was his job. Go down there, move the stone, sit on it, freak the gods out, tell them what they need to know, and we're done. That's right. These little tick boxes. Yep, 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 yep. I'm off. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Verse 8. So they, that's the women, went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, please see this. Behold, Jesus met them. You know, he could have said, well, bless God, you know, i got to see the disciples first. I'm not going to meet a bunch of women and talk to them first. Because it will be recorded throughout history that I, I appeared to the women first. And I can't have that, not with all the men and what they're going to be doing with it. <laughs> I think he made a point. There's no male or female. You know, God doesn't check under the skirt to see, am I going to move, move through you? Sorry for being crude, but you know, that's how silly this is. That's right. Genesis tells us, God said, let them have dominion. And we'll get to that in a minute. All right, back to this. <laughs> Sorry for those that are new here, I appreciate this. Okay. So again, as they went to tell his disciples, again it says, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. This is beautiful. Verse 10, Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren, who are in hiding, to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Verse 11, Now while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. These are the guys that were able to get up and move again, okay? And they freaked out. And they go and tell the chief priest, this is what happened. You know, again, these are unrepentant people. And watch what happens. Verse 12, when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together. I really need you to see those words to understand that this wasn't one person making a decision. I want you to notice that a whole group of them got together and decided they were going to do this. Jesus said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how many times have I gathered you under my wing, but you just wouldn't stay there? <laughs> okay, this is the loose roast translation. You're always running off and doing your own thing. And he wept over Jerusalem because he, this is what was going on. The whole nation had turned. That's when that Roman centurion came and said, you don't have to come to my house, just speak the word only and you'll be healed. And Jesus said, wow, haven't found faith like this in the whole nation of Israel. And then he starts to prophesy and say, they're going to be coming from the east and the west. That's all us guys, all the Gentile dudes, okay, <laughs> and dudettes, all right. And so they're going to, he said, they're going to come and they're going to sit with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And all of these are going to miss out. Sad, isn't it? All right, back to this. And he says, when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers. They're still doing it, <laughs> paying people off. Verse 13, saying, tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while he slept. 
And if this comes to verse 14, and if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure like they can. They're still lying. They're not in charge. Rome is in charge. You know, they, it, it's going to show because Rome, so many years from now, is just going to get sick of all of their infighting and all the stuff that is going on there, going to come and burn the temple down. The thing that they were so proud of. Hmm? The thing that they just could not wait to get Jesus out of. Remember we saw on Friday, he departed the temple. When he left, the presence left. Do you hear? And it was just open for attack. Anyway. Verse 15. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. All right, let's go to John chapter 20. I won't keep you here long. John chapter 20. Kept you here a long time on Friday, didn't I? Sorry. You know, that it was important that we remember that day. Amen. John 20, verse 19. It says that even Now, look, listen, okay? I'm jumping around because I want to give you some kind of a story here. It, if I was doing the life of Christ, it would take a long time to get through all these verses. Okay? Because there's a lot of other stuff going on. So please don't sit there and kind of go, well, this is a little out of context. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to give you some kind of a line to follow. Okay? Okay. All right. I don't usually do this, but I have to do this today. Verse 19, it says, That evening on the first of the week, John 20, 19, it says the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. I'm reading from the New uh, Living Translation, okay? And suddenly Jesus was standing there. I like that. Suddenly he was standing there among them. They kind of freaked out because the doors are locked. And suddenly he's there. You know he can appear and disappear now, much as he wants to, okay? All right, he says, peace be with you. He'd have to because they're freaking out. Verse 20, and he spoke and he held his hands for them to see. You know, if this didn't happen, he wouldn't be holding his hands out. If he was just got a little bit sick on the cross or something, you know, that never happens, by the way, okay? It's called crucifixion. All right? He, he, He held out his hands for them to see. He showed them his side. They were filled with joy when they saw their Lord. One of his disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. Verse 25. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the, nails, uh, the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound of his side. Dear Lord, this guy has a list. It's like, what else do you want? And verse 26, eight days later, the disciples, notice the disciples said to him, we've seen. And he said, I, I won't believe you. You know? Come here, let me beat your head. No, verse 26, eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time Thomas was with them. The, you know, to his credit, he's still with the disciples. Okay? I mean, if he wasn't there, if he said, I don't believe in you this stuff, I'm leaving. Well, that would have been that. But he stuck with them. So we need to give him credit there. Uh, the doors were locked again. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. And he said, peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, he knows everything that you say. Put your finger here and see my hands. Put your hand into the wound of my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. He's like, okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he says, my Lord and my God. Now, you know, Thomas, we find out later on, I think he went to India someplace, gave his life, he died for the Lord. 
Okay, this guy made it 180. He just turned right around, okay? And anyway, then Jesus told him, and this is for us, okay? He said, you believe because you've seen me. He said, blessed are those who haven't seen me and believe anyway. That's all of us. There is a blessing for not seeing and believing. Amen? Let's go back to Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, this was one of the main reasons that Jesus died on the cross, to take back the authority that was stolen from us by the devil. All right? And, of course, another reason is brought out in 1 John chapter 3, latter half of verse 8. 1 John 3.8, it says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that He might destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. You know, I think that is so significant. Do you know that's what this is about? Easter is about Jesus Christ coming down here and destroying everything that the enemy did to us. Hmm? There's more. <laughs> And that command was passed on to the church. Let's go to Mark chapter 16. We're bringing this to a conclusion. Don't get too excited. I have a couple of more scriptures to go. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 20. And he says, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17. Listen to verse 17. And these signs will follow only the apostles. Is not what it says. These signs will follow all the ordained ministers. These signs will follow anybody with a certificate. These signs will... <laughs> I'll stop. I want you to notice what's the requirement. Believe. He says, these signs will follow those who believe. And he says that, in my name. Now, I like to loop around that. I'd like to say, th these signs will follow those who believe in my name, because the name represented him. All right? But I also like to loop back and say, in my name, they'll do these things. So you need to believe in the name in order to use the name to do all these things. If you don't believe in the name, using the name, I have seen people that they just go, well, in the name of Jesus, this and that. They don't believe anything. And they say, it doesn't work. Well, we know. I can tell. I don't have to be God to figure that one out. Y'all here? You know, it's one of the things that I, when I was studying and, and, and meditating on this, and uh, you know, the Lord was talking to me about it. He said, you all know the key is there. He said, you need to believe in me. He said, if you don't believe in me, then you won't believe what I said. And then you won't have... There is something on the inside of us. Let me just say this again. There is something that was built into us that allowed us to do the impossible. It was put in. I'll show you where in just a minute. And it has been taken away by religion. And we need to bring it back because a price was paid for us to have it. I'm going to show you that in just a minute. And it says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. Notice the first, I wouldn't have started with this one. I'd have said something else like prayer for the food or something. You know, <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. This is a big deal. Everybody freaks out when they see a demon. You know, have you seen The Exorcist? Ooh. 
Everybody freaks out. And I want you to notice the first thing he says. You see any one of those? Cast the thing out. Don't sit there and look at it. Don't let it talk to you. Don't make a movie out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Dear God, the stuff they do with that stuff. You know, you see all this stuff and you think, go in there, speak the name, get rid of it. There's your movie gone. Hit end credits. We're done. (laughs) Okay. But no, no, no. It's a sensationalism, isn't it? All right. And he says again, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Verse 18. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will uh, by no means harm them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He said, you just need to believe and something will happen. Something on the inside of you will change. Verse 19. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven. I want to take you to Acts 1 and verse 9 very quickly for just that little bit. Because it said, now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, (laughs) looking at Jesus, okay? And it's kind of one of those beam me up Scotty times, okay? And he says, while they watched, he was, this is Acts 1, 9, he was taken up, clothes and everything, okay? And a cloud received him out of their sight. So that's what happened. When he went up, they all went, mm. well, that's something you don't see every day. And if you read on, the angels are going, why are you standing there looking? He's gone. You know, the event has finished, move on. Okay, but I didn't go there because I want to leave him in a good place. Okay, but I told you, didn't I? Anyway, it says he was received up to heaven, back to Mark 16, 19, and sat down at the right hand of God, verse 20, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, the Lord working with them. And it says, and confirming the word through accompanying signs, or confirming the word with signs following. See, Jesus Christ, God never wanted us to work by ourselves, neither did he want to just be the center of attention. He said, we work together. Why? Genesis 1.26, let's go there. This was the prophecy of Genesis 3.15 finally fulfilled. The head of the serpent was crushed. Kingdom of hell was defeated. God's original mandate was back in operation. What was his original? See, no word of God has ever failed. What was the original mandate? Genesis 1.26. And then God said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness. And you know, I was looking at this. And can I tell you what's in front of it that's not written? And he could have said, and you know, we could control this. We could have dominion over all of this because we created it. But he said, instead of us having dominion, let them have dominion. Did you hear that? God said, we've made all of this and we're giving it over to them because they are made in our image, our likeness. Let them have dominion. People say, well, how come there's so many bad things going into the world? And I look at them and say, yeah, why are you allowing it? Let them have dominion. He didn't say, I'm going to have dominion. He said, let them. And he goes and says, I'm going to read the whole thing. He says, let them have dominion over the fish and sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over every, over the, all the earth. Okay, all the earth, all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Somebody said, we even have dominion over the creeps. Okay, <laughs> right? verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He had created them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. 
fill the earth and subdue it. And again, he says, have dominion. How many times does he have to say this? You know why? Because we don't hear. We keep saying, well, God, you're God, and you do whatever you want. He goes, well, whatever I want is you to do something. <laughs> why don't you do something I want? Oh, no, God, I'm not. You see, don't. For all those that think they just. Ephesians, we'll finish here. You know, you know, because there's always someone that jumps up. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. <laughs> See, not only did Jesus Christ return to God's right hand. That's in Colossians 3.1, if you're writing strippies down. Okay? Christ went back to his position at the right hand of God. But something incredible happened. Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to read from verses 4 through 7. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love. Because of what? His great love, okay? It says, with which he loved us, verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive. He made us alive together with Christ. And he says, by grace, you have been saved. Verse 6, and raised us up together and made us. Do you see the words made us? When we receive Jesus Christ, doesn't matter what you want, this is what happened. It says, and made us sit together, uh, and he says, in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. Do you know he's at the right hand of God? When we are seated with him in heavenly places, we are seated at the right hand of God now. That's the place of authority we, we have now, we occupy now. Are you all with me? When he says, let them have dominion, and when that dominion was given over to the enemy because Adam and Eve sinned, we had to resurrect and bring us back to a higher level than he gave us. Because the devil took that position. Do you know the only position higher than that was God? And so he had to seat us with him. So that the devil says, well, I have authority. He says, no, there's a greater authority that's me. And they are seated with me. And so whatever they say goes. Are you all here? See, we, because we have lost, remember Jesus said, if any, anybody will say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou you know, cast in the sea, yeah, and will not doubt in his heart, but will believe. Do you understand what that means? You know, we look at believe and think it's just this is kind of like, oh, we believe, we believe. No, no, no. There, it is a power on the inside of you. It is something that we, have, we really haven't tapped into. There is something about you that was made in the image and likeness of God in the same way he creates. Something inside of you can do the same thing. Now, I'm not going into new age stuff, Okay. Don't freak out on me and go crazy on me. I'm just telling you we were made in his image and his likeness. We were made under him, but with everything that he had. That's what the Psalms say. We were made just a little bit lower. It says angels. It isn't. It's the same word that is used in Genesis when it says, and God did all of this stuff. It's the same word, Elohim. That we were created just a little bit. The, only the New Living Translation does it justice. It says, we were, you made us just a little bit lower than God. It's exactly right. Hallelujah. 
And he says again, raises up together, Ephesians 2, 6, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, verse 7, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? All of this to say, this is how much I love you. This is how much I think about you. Yeah, but if God's so wonderful, how come every, all these bad things happen? And Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If God was in charge of everything, he would have never made that statement. How can the thief get in if God is in charge of everything? Hmm? Unless the mandate still stands. You have dominion. I've given it all back to you. You go do this now. I'll work with you, but you need to do this. Amen. His great love, his kindness. There are some of the things that we celebrate at Easter and why Jesus said in John 3.16, for God so, so loved, so loved each of you that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. And all the power to go with it. Amen. And the responsibility. Amen. Time to do something about it, family. Otherwise, God gets a black eye. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we just thank you today for your word. and I just thank you, Father. I thank you for all that you did at the cross of Christ to bring us back to the place where we belong. To give us back that authority. And we thank you today for a revelation for each of us that we receive something personal from you. That we see you as a loving God. But not as a babysitter. A God that wants to work with us that needs us to grow up and needs us to do the things that he has called us to do. Hallelujah. And we thank you for that. Incredible privilege and responsibility. In Jesus' name, amen.